In a world where chronic DVD and Blu-ray acquisition disorder runs amok, Colin faces a daunting task. With a collection of over 1,200 titles, can he bring himself to watch the 65 films that sit on his shelves, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps? Hello and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. How are you? Oh, I'm alright. How are you? Excellent. I'm terrific. Great. Bodacious. Indeed. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot and you can have a stab at explaining a lot quicker than I can the premise of the podcast So we... for our new listeners. So, so that they can know what we're doing and and you do it quicker than than I do so that it doesn't take up as much time. Go ahead. Come on. <laughs> so we have a, a library of DVDs and Blu-rays that takes up a number of shelves. That Dad has, has a bit of a problem. He he does buy a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> And some of them don't get unwrapped. Some of them have never been watched, uh, especially by him, even though he's bought them. And so on this show, we attempt to solve that problem by watching DVDs and Blu-rays that are unloved, unwatched, and still under wraps. I think you'll find it's unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps. That is what I said. No, you said... If we were to rewind this now, we would know that you said unloved, unwatched, and still under wraps. I'm not sure the difference is relevant. Oh, it is. It's trademarked. <clears throat> anyway, um, <laughs> so that's the premise of the... So tonight we're going to be watching a film that, uh, as Thomas has explained, I have never seen before, but have purchased, and it's still wrapped up in its cellophane. And that movie would be... Hidden Figures. A film about computers that don't have the screen turned on. Sure. I hadn't been working on that one, so yes, you'll have to forgive me for that one. I'm just so not in the mood for podcasting today. Oh dear. (laughs) Oh yes. But I won't inflict that upon you, good listeners. We shall... Battle on regardless, and uh, at least it is a film that should be reasonably non-violent and people aren't dying all over the place Mm. and the swearing quota should be fairly low. Occasional coarse language? Mm, Mild coarse language. Mild coarse language, right. Okay. And themes. 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 Themes and mild coarse language. Mm. It cops a PG rating. Yes. Have we said what it is? Uh, we, we, we've said the title is Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures, the film about the computers that don't have their screens turned on. Mm. And and therefore you can't see any of the numbers on the spreadsheet that is That's definitely right. being... Okay, <laughs> Thomas, would you do the honours of actually reading the correct uh, blurb off the back of the still-wrapped DVD case? Sure. Hidden Figures tells the incredible untold story of Catherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughan, and Mary Jackson, 
brilliant African-American women working at NASA who served as the brains behind the launch into orbit of astronaut John Glenn, a stunning achievement that turned around the space race. The visionary trio crossed all gender and racial lines and inspired generations. They served as the brains. Mm-hmm. That conjured up some really weird images. <laughs> but, um, um, yes, okay, so we're uh, John Glenn. This is prior to any moon landings. This is America's first shot at mm. sticking a man in orbit and bringing him safely back down. Indeed. And they have these women plugged into machines using no. their brains they they're using their brains but i don't i don't think they're plugged into the machines right okay who knows what we're in for well i have more of an idea than i'm letting on honest i am i, I think it might be a documentary <laughs> it is not a documentary it is right. a dramatization mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's uh, you you will cop flack from our audience by calling a documentary a, a, a docudrama. Don't. It's a dramatisation of a true story. Names and faces may <laughs> differ, and amalgamations of certain characters will probably occur. So, um, we, we, we can watch the film? We can, without any further ado. For someone who has not been enthusiastic about tonight, I've gabbled on too much. So mm. let's get into hidden figures. Thomas is going to undo the case. You would think he'd be getting quicker at this, but but no. Well, it's not like there's any consistency in in how difficult these things can be, is is it? The case is well. Sorry, the case is not open. The case is now open. The DVD is in there, and what DVD is inside? Hidden figures. Well, that's promising. You may laugh and you may mock, but in the numerous years that I worked in the DVD retail industry, the number of times that we had DVDs bought back with the wrong DVDs in them were plentiful. More than zero. Uh, That is not a hidden figure. Let's get on with it. (laughs) And we'll uh, pop this in the machine and we shall decide, after watching it, with me having the final say, as to Mm. whether this film remains on the shelf. And so we're popping it into the machine now. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to side B. No, you meant to say (laughs) bye... Yeah, well, this is... Oh, um, everyone listening is just freaked out now by you not saying bye. Go on, turn to side B. Do it. No. Do it. We'll, we'll, we'll give we'll you this music to... catch you on to, the flip to... side. Yeah, the flip side is side B. <laughs> Spy doesn't really make sense. We're... Bye.
Okay. Well, that was Hidden Figures. It was. It was a good film. It was. Good. We agree. Yep. There was no tentativeness. Uh, it. There was an awkward moment there where when he came in right at the end of it and said, and I'm stunned, I do not listen to the podcast, so what did you think? And I looked at Thomas, and Thomas looked at me, and I said, I'm sorry, I, I, you'll, you'll have to wait until we've recorded the podcast because we don't know yet. <laughs> but now we do. We, we can breathe a sigh of relief that uh, we both thoroughly enjoyed that. I believe that it falls under the same, um, well, possibly not quite as drastic a um, liberties taken to the story as um, last week's. There is an extensive um, artistic license section on the Wikipedia yep. article. Yeah. Um, and look... Uh, and I suspect there were, as I said at the beginning, amalgams of characters. Uh, yes, that... uh, Paul Stafford, not not a real person. He, he's a conflation. Yep, yep. It had a story to tell that did happen mm. that really desperately needed to be told, and I thought it was told superbly. Yes. And depressingly, too. Um mm. I'm a white male, and I felt guilty being a white male. The whole sexist uh, layer, which then has another coating uh, of the the racist, mm. um, you know, segregation going on. So recently, you, you know, most of that was happening only a handful of years before I was born. Mm. that segregation was still uh, happening in government departments and <laughs> it was oh i really don't have a full grasp and i i cannot judge the whole having to let go of so much history that has caused the racist attitudes that were portrayed in the film that we've just watched mm. but um it's horrific it really is. And for us to believe that everything is fine now uh, and racism does not exist in the world anymore, <laughs> it, it, look, it hasn't got any better. What are your thoughts, Thomas? I don't know if I, I have anything further to add to this. No, no. Uh, look, I wasn't planning on... on sorry. I wasn't planning on anything because I, I, I knew the broad theme of the film but still was terribly ignorant of what was still going on so recently. Mm. There was such an incredulousness having grown up not with that happening. I can identify racism happening growing up in, in school and, you know, kids who were from other countries that copped some flack for that. But, mm. you know, they, they weren't being told to go to a different toilet and and not be able to attend certain classes or anything like that. And again, you know, I had a Czechoslovakian teacher uh, at high school. I had uh, a Chinese teacher 
in high school. I had a German teacher in high school. I'm not talking... They, they were teaching me these languages. These were the countries that they came from. Very multicultural as far as our teaching range was concerned. As far as studentship was concerned, not quite so much. I certainly had... Um, the shop just down the road was run by um, a Greek family Mm. living across the street from us Um, a a kid that I went to school was was from Czechoslovakia too and so I I was obviously conscious of the fact that there was that ethnic difference but I don't recall any treatment of people race wise then it, it's certainly got worse in Australia, I think. Yeah. We've got so much going on in the world that has encouraged that, and the media has very much encouraged that, but uh, it's depressing that we haven't got any better, really. Mm. If what we see in the media as far as... And I, I really didn't want to make this a podcast as uh, one picking on America... But this film was certainly set in there, and what we're what we see in the media is that things have improved in some ways, but got worse mm. in others. And there are more targets for people who are the other that are be- mm. being treated because they are the other, which, which is you know the the color of the, your skin, you know. Um, what type of sex organs you're born with. It's just a crazy, mm. bonkers way of us treating each other or judging each other as being inferior or um, superior because of such st- stupid concepts. Um, mm. Yes. Sorry, off on a tangent. They got John Glenn into space. Yes. And this is a spoiler break, so if you don't want spoilers, then leave before this sound. They got him back again, yes. which is possibly more important mm. than getting him up there. <laughs> getting him back. Uh, we, we were talking about artistic liberties, and, and they were talking in the film about going for, for seven orbits. The plan was always to go for three orbits. It was just possible to go on for seven orbits. Okay, so they, they sort of flipped the... Yes. Right, okay. Fair enough. Yes. But the, the mission director would have the option to go for one, two, or three. Right. But the ship could physically go on for uh, seven. Ah, okay, right. Okay. As I said last week, um, this film wasn't randomly selected. The, no. uh, the, the two younger girls uh, had seen it before and have been really hanging out to watch it again, and I'm glad of that. I th- the number of good, strong role models all the way through and also models of how we treat people and the importance of being conscious of how we treat people is um, uh, is done very well and so th- that is certainly staying on the shelf mm-hmm. no question about that nah. it went so quickly too it did 
you know, it was over two hours long and I, I didn't find myself squirming in my seat, which I did find a couple of times last week in for a film that was basically the same length. Mm. Um, yes. My, there's a lot of extraneous noise going on. I do apologise for that. It is blowing a gale outside and... Rain, rain, windy, windy. Rain and wind and... Yes, houses losing their roofs around us. and Well, Brosny. Mm. Anyway, look, um, uh, do you have anything else to say about that? Uh, no. Acting was great. Mm-hmm. Music was good. I, look, mm-hmm. uh, again, I was picking music before to, to find yep. the interspersed music. And... There's basically two separate soundtracks to it. There's the yes. the orchestral um, soundtrack. The, the, the score. The, the score. And there's Farrell Williams. Mm. Now, he is the guy who's happy, isn't yes. he? Yes. Yes. And he's happy now. And mm. and he made the film happy, too. Yes. Um, there are some places where it jarred a little bit, I thought. Yeah. But, but mostly... I felt it was appropriate. Yeah. So, and Kevin mm. Costner. Um, look, I, I give Kevin Costner a bad rap um, in that he's a fine enough actor, but anyone else could play a Kevin Costner part. He never tends to completely own a part. Maybe Field of Dreams. He possibly owns that more than than anything else. But um, he he did a good job in this. I thought. Mm-hmm. For those of you who love to hear the st- background story as to why that's on the shelf, I actually bought it for Wendy. Right. Um, months before it was released at the cinema, she came across a article about the film coming up and said, oh, well, that sounds really interesting. And so grand plans were made, you know, we must see that at the cinema, and of course that never happened. Mm. And so when it was released on DVD, I bought it for her for either a birthday or Christmas a couple of years back, or when very soon after it came out on DVD. It is now two years later. It is now two years later, and she has still not seen it. She's funny like that. Wendy is not a big movie person, but likes to binge on TV shows for hours <laughs> on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bless her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I get that from her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have both. I suffer from both. I like binging and I like movies. However... At least with a movie, I'm likely to watch it all the way to the end. Mm. Whereas there are certain TV series that I really, really, really enjoying, and then stop at the second to last season mm. <laughs> for no particular reason other than I don't know. That's how I am with books. I've got stacks <laughs> of books with bookmarks two-thirds of the way through that mm-hmm. I've been really, really enjoying, but yeah, I think I have a, a Finnish phobia. We're, we're on a break. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, which isn't helped when 
one's memory is absolutely shocking. So mm-hmm. you pick up one of these books and think, oh, what's going on? So you flip back a chapter and that no, that's not going back far <laughs> enough. And yeah, you have to start reading the book again. Mm-hmm. I digress yet again. <laughs> Thomas is twiddling his thumbs. He has better things to do. So we're moving on to this. What's on the show? You know it's probably DVDs. Brought to you by random.org. Random.org. That's completely random. Numbers from atmospheric events such as rain and wind. And butterflies flapping their wings. Yes. Yes. All right, so from 21, let's... Spin the random butterfly flapping wing generator. We're, we're loading the Did you not have this ready? You pick on me I'm for not having my shaky phone ready. And you didn't have random.org with the butterflies already to flap their wings. I have loaded the universe. Okay. I will now ask S- it a question. Squeeze the universe through a sieve. Hey universe, what's a random number between 1 and 21? 21. Twenty-one is a random number between one and twenty-one. Thank you, universe. And that is... David suggests Fantasia. David. (laughs) Uh, Well done, David. Low-hanging fruit, yet Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's yeah. on the shelf, but never bothered with Blu-ray. It's it is a quite a spectacle for its time. Mm. It isn't on Blu-ray. It is in a box set with Fantasia two thousand and another disc with a bunch of extras. Yes, um, but none of which is on Blu-ray. No. So three points there. Mm-hmm. Just, just Davey three boy. Points. There's, there's just no three points. There is no it's, multiplier. It's, just, it's a. It's yeah, it's easy pickings, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Gee. As soon as we got rid of the mm. decimal point multiplier, I think people are taking advantage here. Mm. Fortunately, they don't know what's on the leaderboard because we're keeping the leaderboard mm-hmm. secret at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> We know exactly where everyone is on the leaderboard right now. Oh, no, I haven't done the math. <laughs> we know... I'll cut that out. Um, we know exactly where everyone is on the leaderboard, but you don't. And unless you go back and listen to all of the podcasts, you have no idea. Got a big magnetic board. <laughs> so... Uh, if you want to take part being more ambitious and getting big multipliers, mm. contribute to our What's on the Shelf segment by going onto our Facebook page. The link is in the show notes. Yes. Okay, let's move on. Shake the phone and pick a film and then we'll watch the film next week. And it is random tonight. Okay. I do promise that it is random, so I am cringing because I, I know what's on that list, and Thomas doesn't. Okay, so he's just shaking the phone. He's looking at it. He's he's rolling his shoulders. He's getting a bit nervous here. The two thousand film, Unbreakable. Oh. 
Excellent. Starring Bruce Willis. And Samuel L. Jackson. Uh-huh. I'm quite looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Now, you haven't watched Sixth Sense, have you? No, I have not. You have not watched Signs? No. The only M. Night Shyamalan film that you have actually watched is The Last Airbender. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Which we have... Which we have feelings about. Yeah, Shyamalan has a reputation. He does. Being a bit of a roller coaster ride of a director. Yes. Um, but I have it on good authority. And in fact, that's why I bought this film. Because there is a listener who recommended it many years ago uh, that I should watch it. And I obviously took up that recommendation partway. <laughs> because it's still on the shelf, unwatched, mm-hmm. unloved, and still under wraps. But that will be resolved next week. Oh, it's even got the the old the old classification style. Yes, it, it is yeah. quite an old movie. Two thousand, I believe it was. Mm, it came yes, out. that is what I said. <laughs> Doll. Doll. I was hoping everyone would be convinced that I had any idea about what I was talking about. You know, it's the wonders of... I will cut out that bit as well. <laughs> How much of this episode will there still be in the episode? That's right. Um, and speaking of which, we need to wrap things up because I do yeah. need to cut some things out of it to keep it under the half-hour mark. Thomas, thank you yet again for joining us. Um, You're welcome. Yes. Uh, big recommendation for those of you who have not watched Hidden Figures... I know that I rambled on about racism, um, but... It's a problem. It's still a problem. It's a problem. still a problem. And it's certainly a key feature of the, the movie. Mm. Uh, yes. Watch it. Watch mm. the film. Uh, thanks to my movies for the software that keeps this chugging along. Well, look, I'm not sure whether I'm going to keep plugging. You, you know how I won that prize, supposedly. They haven't oh, yeah. got back to me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I keep using the app and it's a good app. So <laughs> I will. I, I haven't followed up. Yeah. But, uh, yes. It's a two way street. It is a two way street. Yeah. Okay. So uh, hopefully you can join us next week if you want to endure yet another mm-hmm. of these podcasts. We hope you do. And until then. Goodbye for now. Bye. End side B. I don't know whether I've got enough room to cut that out now. You said bye, end side B. I'm quite finicky with my cutting, and Mm -hmm. usually I can get away with it. We'll see what happens. Bye, end side B. Bye, end side B. Yibbity, yibbity, yibbity. Okay, then. (laughs) Bye-bye. Excellent. That's a bit of, um, 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 what's his, oh. I'm not going to no. tell you. Oh, this is going to freak me out. He's in, uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. He's in, um, 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 uh, uh, if, treasure, 
No, it's not Nicolas Cage. It's not Nicolas Cage. Unbreakable. Okay. Well, I'll cut all that out. It's obviously got... What's his face in it? Uh-huh. It's got... No, I'm not helping <laughs> you. Oh, oh, no. Okay, Google. Who stars in Unbreakable? Bruce Willis. Uh-huh. I'd forgotten that he's in two of M. Night Shyamalan's mm. films. Okay.